This is a day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's from Psalm 118, verse 24. This is Jerry with gems and nuggets of truth. We pray that everyone is well this morning. We pray that the Spirit of God is working in your lives and you're looking forward to the day we that are redeemed to the time when we can all be gathered together in heaven. I'm here this morning just to talk a little bit about um, uh, the message for today. I want you to hang around right until the, the end because I have a very special treat for you. Okay, But let me get started with a prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this morning hour, this Lord's Day that you have set aside for us. Father, a day that uh, this is not the only day we worship you, but this is a special day. This is a day of rest. This is a day that you have declared, a day that we can set things aside and we could, we could worship you and honor you and love you, Father, that you'd want us, that the same kind of love that you love, love on us, Father. So we thank you for this. We just ask you that uh, you would give me the words to speak, Father, that make some sense to everyone. And Father, it's not of our own self that we bring this to thee. It's too much prayer and consternation. But Father, we just thank you for all your love and your kindness. We praise you, we worship you, we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. My son Kevin is an associate pastor at a large church of Mesa, Arizona. And he has preached a lot of good sermons. Uh, he's pretty good uh, at preaching God's Word. And when I did my first podcast about three, four weeks ago, I asked him to critique me. And he was uh, he was interested in doing that. And this is his chance to give Dad some advice rather than me giving him advice all the time. And it's good advice, and I'm, I'm attempting to put it to good use. Uh, there was a time in my life uh, when the message I'm about to bring to you, my comment would have been something like, I've heard all of that before, or they've been saying this for hundreds and thousands of years and nothing has changed. Everything keeps going the way it is, so what makes this time so different or unique? Before I go any further, I want to give you a little bit of my background. It was on Father's Day this coming June that I was baptized. So that's been 50 years ago, and I'm not sure where all the time has gone, but it has been 50 years since uh, I've been baptized. And six months prior to that, almost to the day, I had repented and turned my life over to Christ. And so reading the Bible has become a priority for me over the from the time I was Repented from the time I turned my life over to Christ. The Bible has been my book to go to. So in the past 50 years, I've been through the Bible cover to cover 42 times. And I'd like to say I really know all about the Bible. But I don't. Every time I read it, I say, whoa, when did they put that in here? Because I don't remember reading that before. So the Bible, and that's because the Bible is a living word. And as when those thoughts come to me, it's because I have grown a little bit, and now what I'm reading makes some sense to me. And it didn't, maybe last year did not make sense to me, but this year it did. That's growth, and I'm so grateful for the growth that God has put into my life. So my message today is going to be this, the signs of the times. I feel like uh, 
saying that, and maybe some of you all that are listening to it, I feel like I'm, what they say is, talking or preaching to the choir. And I know that you've heard a lot of this stuff before. I mean, there's no question. Maybe some of you have, maybe some of you haven't. But I'm reminded of what it says in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 1-4. to And he said this, I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words that were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of the apostles of Jesus Christ. Know this first, that there will come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning of creation. You know what? That sounds something like I would have said before Christ in my life. I was a scoffer. I was an unbeliever. But things change. Matthew chapter 16, verses 2 and 3 says this, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be fall weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Jesus said that. And he was not trying to be a weather forecaster. He was talking about the signs of the time. And he went on to say uh, in that in verse 3, O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. I believe the signs of the times, discerning the signs of the times, comes when you have been redeemed, You've got the Holy Spirit living within you. The Holy Spirit is teaching you. Those are crucial to knowing what the signs of the times are. Matthew 24, 24 says this, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and will show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. There shall first come a falling away before that man of sin, the Antichrist, is revealed. Let's take a look at those two verses. Let's analyze them a little bit. Let's start out with Matthew 24, 24. In this day of social media, there's a river of false propaganda going out there. And of course, there's no way to monitor it. Anyone can say what truth means to them. And it becomes, it could become truth to someone else. There's no way to monitor it. I believe that this is one of the avenues that the false prophet, the Antichrist, is going to use to seduce and to deceive the nations of the world. And people say, well, I, you know what, I saw it on Facebook, I saw it on, I saw it on uh, Google, so it must be true. No, not necessarily. It says this, if it were possible, verse 24, if it were possible that those that could be deceived, the very elect could be deceived, if it is possible... Now, I personally don't believe that it's possible. I usually don't like to put my personal thoughts in here, but I don't. I believe that the the very elect will not be deceived 
because they are the very elect. Those are the ones that are locked solid into Christ Jesus and they're living the Word and they're reading the Word and they're spending time in the Word. So I believe as, as solid believers, we are the elect and therefore will not be deceived. So, it says, there shall first come a falling away. That's in Second uh, Thessalonians. So who is the falling away group? The Greek word for falling away is apostasia, meaning apostasy, which means a standing away from, in the sense of falling away, a withdrawal or a defection from the truth. Let me say that again. A defection from the truth. Again, these are the ones that are a falling away group. Are these the unredeemed ones? Absolutely not. The unredeemed ones do not have anything to fall away from. They do not have Christ in their life. So what are they going to fall away from? It's like trying to give something away that you never had. And if you never had it, you can't give it away. The falling away group, I believe, are the, get this term, I call it the fence setters. These are the Christians that like to walk with one foot in Christianity and one foot in the world. They can speak Christianity, and they can speak Christianity especially around those that are the Christians. When they go into the house of worship on the, on the Lord's Day, or when they're around other Christians, they can speak the Christian language. However, when they're not around Christians or not in church, they pretty much walk with one foot in the world. Those are the fence-setters. And here's what I say. The fence-setters, be careful, because the devil owns the fence. And he's going to do everything he can to pull you away from the true Word of God. They talk to talk, but they do not walk to walk. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.9 says this, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, verse 10, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. They got saved, but they're not truly saved. They got saved you know, sometimes by emotion only. But it's not a rock-solid salvation. And we're going to need that. In this end times, we are going to need a rock-solid foundation. Because when the Antichrist comes, he is going to come with all the fury that he can throw at us. Verse 11, And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Did you get that? This is the fence-setter that they say, well, okay, I will make up for it later on. But the strong delusion is going to come that God is going to send them. If you don't receive Christ now and live a solid life with Him, it's going to be too easy to be swayed away from Him. Verse 12 that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in, righteous, in unrighteousness. Let me give you a, a, a 
definition of delusion, this is from Webster Dictionary. It is defined as a belief that is not true, a false idea, the act of tricking or deceiving someone. And the Antichrist is going to be a master at that. So let me just shut down, start to shut down this message with this. We are living in a very troubled world right now. And I, as I said last week, if you heard last week's message is, what is truth? What is truth today? You've got to decide that. The truth to me is God's word. The truth to me is the day is going to come when we're not going to be able to turn our life over to Christ anymore. It's going to be too late. It's getting harder and harder to determine the truth. We as born-again believers and those that are starting on the pathway will have to be much more diligent. And I would encourage you, those of all of us, the believers and those that are just starting on the pathway, stick close to the Word of God. That's going to be that's going to be the only thing that's going to get us through. The Bible says Satan is not sleeping, and he goes around as a roaring lion. Remember this Satan can only make the noise. Individually, we have to give him the power to mess up our lives. Now for this special that I was going to tell you that I told you about, I'm going to have my wife Brenda sing a song. Okay? And here's Brenda. Years of time have come and gone Since I first heard it told That Jesus would come again someday If back then it seemed so real Then I just can't help but feel How much closer is coming
Thank you, Brenda. I just got a couple of little comments I want to finish up with. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 13 and 14 says this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now here's something that caught my eye while I was reading, and it's attributed to James Allen Francis. And he said this, All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected life of man on this earth as much as that as one solitary life, Jesus Christ. Look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. You all have a good week, and God bless you all.